Hello everybody and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. Today I'm talking about Undeading Bells by Drew Hayes, the sixth book in the Fred the Vampire Accountant series. So let's merge the magic of books. Again, uh, everybody, I really enjoyed reading these books. They were so fun. They were hilarious and touching all at the same time. Everything flows really well. If you're just starting here with me, these this book is five short stories all told to a similar kind of theme or story to tell, telling a larger story. And these five were all really funny, really good. And I loved that the titles of each of these short story all relate to getting married because that's what's happening in this one. Um, so the title for these books are Somewhere Old, Something, Someone New, Partner Borrowed, A Place of Blue, Trust, Friendship, and Love That's True. And it's just to that you know, old rhyme that you can say when you get married for things you need on your wedding day. But um, I really enjoyed these ones. You really can see how much Drew Hayes has grown as an author writing, you know, in between the first book and these books. And that's not to say that the first books were bad. It's just to say that these last ones have improved so much and become so much better. They are amazing. I do love them. They make me laugh the whole way through. Just great books. I think that's going to cover everything I can really say about them without spoiling them. So I think we're going to have to just dive into our spoiler territory. So we're going to start with the first book in the series, in the stories. It's Somewhere Old. And this story is about them choosing uh, Fred and Crystal, choosing their wedding location where they want to get married. Now, if you've read any of the other books, you know that they have to just choose Borback, which is the parahuman community that is out in the open so they can be there and all their friends can be there without having to try and hide who they are or doing it special at night. Or, you know, I mean, they have to do it at night for Fred because he's a vampire, but you know what I'm trying to say. And also at the same time, the Blood Council wants to do some tests on Fred just to investigate his vampire abilities and to investigate what has changed in his with his silver immunity so they are going about and making decisions and choosing things and crystal has kind of a lot of it planned and she just kind of goes off and does most of it while we stick with fred um and then he does some tests immune to silver garlic still stings you know all the normal stuff uh it was quite funny watching him go through some of the tests because the wisdom of the blood council who is just really scientific just uh he keeps stabbing him with a silver knife and is like hey like this is not you know hurting you and like he stabs him with one and then he stabs him with a different one in a different spot and then he you know re-stabs him again it was just fun to watch and then there is the the last test which he knew he was going to have to do but this is the the toughest test the test of turning another human into a vampire and obviously we know that Fred does not really want to be doing that kind of a thing. He would rather just not. But, you know, he goes into it and Deborah, who is the prudence again, is there. And she's been talking with this lady and the lady that's been chosen is someone who's about to die. And she has a good deal in place where if she dies, she doesn't, you know, her family gets a large lump of money. If she doesn't die then she can still take care of them and they still get taken care of. So it's not a bad situation for her. I and mean, it's not a bad person to turn, but Prudence really knows, 
you know how to push Fred's buttons and be like, hey, see this person? This is the kind of person you're going to want to turn because you want to help people. And this, I know how to make, pick people that'll make you want to help them. And so he does attempt to turn her and it does work. Now, they've mentioned it before, but I don't think I've mentioned it, is that the turn rate is about one in a hundred to, it kind of ranges from one to a hundred to one to a thousand to, you know, how often you try it, but you get so many turn attempts a year. And as a founding clan vampire member, he gets two turn attempts a year. And this does take his turn attempt, which could be a good sign, could just be a lucky fluke that his first vampire turning ability actually worked and turned her into a vampire. So we'll have to follow up on that. But that's kind of the end of this one. Really no like scary action or fighting that has to go on, but just investigating these tents, these tests, excuse me, dealing with the blood council and, you know, picking the venue for the wedding. Um, let's move on to the next one. This one is also really funny. Something new. So Fred and Lillian are hosting like a job interview and they are they put out a word that, hey, anybody can come apply. You can get a job with us. You can learn accounting. This is going to be a great opportunity. And so they rent a little office and they're expecting you know, 10 to 15 people and they've got, you know, Amy's there and everybody's there because it's kind of like an into the clan, more just the accounting, but you know, you're going to be working with these other people as well. And Bubba goes out to put the paperwork down and you know, kind of scope it out and see how many people are showing up. And they've packed the room wall to wall, floor to ceiling, just cramped, cramped, cramped. Oh, it was so so funny that all these people applied and then it just gets even funnier uh we learn about a tangulaton which is basically like an, a plant that wants to kill you but only if you own it and if you don't own the plant that it's totally safe and it's just like why would you ever have a plant like that that's so funny uh just laughing uh i loved it it's there's a, a gargoyle who's in the interview room and Fred's like, oh, you're, you must be here to apply. Let me, you know, take you back here. You just sit in here with this room and, you know, fill out the written portion of the test and we'll bring you back in. And, oh, it's just funny. They're they're talking. They're getting interviewed and everybody's like, so you're really, you're really open to hiring anybody. You know, you, didn't, you said anybody, but you didn't just mean, oh, yeah, anybody, but we'll only really hire you if you're a vampire. And he's like, uh, no, I, I said anybody because I, I meant anybody. Like, I don't kind of really care who you are, what you are. I just want somebody who wants to do accounting. And it's so funny. And Amy uh, gets knocked over by the Tangulaton and spills her mood drug, which makes everybody super high for the whole, like all the interviewees makes them super high. And they're like super ridiculously honest in the interview and like just spilling their life story. Like, you know, I don't want to be a Therian. I don't want to have to do this, which is what my clan's always done. I want to be a baker, you know, I want to go be a figure skate dancer and, and all these crazy things that just really shows how like locked in all the people feel like they are, which is something that can really resonate with a lot of people, you know, sometimes even I feel locked into things, but I was just so funny and hilarious and we later learn, you know, near the end of that one that the uh, gargoyle that he, Fred just thought was a random interviewee was actually uh, his new bodyguard <laughs> sent by Gideon the king of the west to guard him and uh the gargoyle is so funny he says 
what does he say? Oh, sorry, I just forgot for a second. He says, uh, wow, Gideon was right. You really are hard to guard. This is going to be great. <laughs> it's just so funny. Uh, they also make a new hire, Al, who is a pixie. And when you're around her, uh, things start becoming sparkly and fun. So, for example, if you uh, bring some uh, muffins over to her, by the time you leave, they'll have turned into cupcakes. Or your clothes will start to get more frills on them. Oh, it was just so, so funny. Oh, it was hilarious. Um, it was great. I love that one. That one is definitely one of my favorite stories out of all the stories. Um, Partner Borrowed is the third out of five for Undeading Bells. And this one was a good one. I like this one because it calls back to previous books. It calls back to when Fred first becomes the clan leader and he negotiates on behalf of Amy to get her more resources and to get her out of her own debt that the mages put her under. And so she's been doing some scouting and she's found somebody that wants to do some work with her. And so they go to her house. You know, it's way out in the middle of nowhere. They're talking to each other. They're like, oh, that's best knock. So they, they knock and the floor opens up and they all fall down. <laughs> and don't worry, they're everybody's safe. Nobody dies. This is uh, Neil and Fred and then Albert and Gregor the gargoyle and Amy together. And so Neil and Fred are going through and they're like, oh, man, this is crazy. Like, what are we doing here? Like, how do we get out? And Neil, you know, because he can see magic, is like, well, it looks like, you know, everything's super warded except for this direction. And so they have to go through a couple trials and the rooms just keep going and they get harder and then they get easier and then they get harder. Uh, it's just so funny. One of my favorite rooms, though, was the emotion amplifying room. So, like, you know, Neil was saying, like, how mad he was and he just kept getting more mad and more mad and more mad and fred was like hey wait a minute this is not good for us we need to just stay calm and then kind of they're able to shift it and stay calm um, but one of the things i really liked about this story is that you really see the dynamic between neil and fred grow and you see how much neil has actually grown as a mage and as a necromancer and as a person like you know, when he started, he was getting ready to sacrifice people for power, and he wasn't very likable, and Fred's never really liked him. But, you know, in this one, it really shows that, like, he has become part of the family, and that he has loved and just how much he's grown and how powerful and, like, thoughtful he is. Many things that he's done ahead of time have been, you know, proved to be more useful and helpful. Um, so we get to the end. They fight a minotaur, and if you can think about minotaurs, you might know where this is going, but it turns out that this was a labyrinth created by the mage that the she was coming to investigate to see whether it was worth investing in, and she wants to make an escape room for parahumans, and if that's not funny, then you need to rethink that and laugh, because that's funny, an escape room specific for parahumans. But Fred's like, you know, it'll never work. You're too far away. There's no lodging, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, ah, oh, gets all defeated. And he's like, but you could turn it into a parahuman corporate retreat. And now that, that would make money. You know, vampire clans could come in and use it. Therian tribes can come in and use it. Oh, it'd be hilarious. And as she has control of the labyrinth, she can kind of just manipulate it to her will whenever she wants. So, uh, super funny. It was a good one. It was heartfelt. Um, not as high on my last high as uh, someone knew from the last one, but it's still a good one. Still very enjoyable. Um, Place of Blue is our next one. And this one is 
again, this this one was less actiony, um, kind of a little bit of difference. There, you know, each one's actiony, one's less, one's more action, one's less action, which I think does the stories really well. But uh, Place of Blue, June, Crystal's friend, the Fae, has has to go deal with something, and so Crystal ha- says, "Okay, well, I'll come out and help you, and we'll fight this Blizzard Behemoth, which is just a cool sounding." you know, creature, and it's gigantic, and so they go out, Crystal goes out to help fight him, and stop him so that June can be her bridesmaid, and it's not going well, the creature's regenerating, it's just kicking butt and being strong, and then Fred starts dealing with with Hellbore, and by dealing I mean he's talking and getting to know her, and she says, hey, this is partially my wedding gift to you, you get to see Crystal in her full demon form. Something that, you know, I didn't know if you've seen before, but I want to make sure you know what you're going into, eyes wide open. And Fred's like, hey, you know, that, thanks, I appreciate it, but I still love Crystal. Obviously, I'm not going to give her up just because, you know, her, like, full demon form is a little bit scarier than, like, her part demon form that I saw, you know, way back, way back in the first book. But not only is this a chance to get to know Fred and to see what kind of person he's going to be for Hellbore. It's also a chance for Hellbore and Fred to make a deal where Fred agrees to help the Fae with one favor and Hellbore will cut off the power source to the Ice Blizzard, no, excuse me, just the Blizzard Behemoth, so that they can defeat it in time for the wedding. And, you know, Fred obviously is very meticulous and is like, now about this favor, I'm not going to do anything you know, horrible or un, you know, untrustworthy. He has to pass me. And she's like, well, that's not going to work for me because you could just refuse everything on the grounds that it's immoral. And they decide to use September as an arbiter. So it was a short story. It was a good, just another negotiation type story, which I, I really appreciate showing off his accounting skills. Truly great. Now, this next book is Trust, Friendship, and Love That's True. So this one is a jam-packed story. I'll try to get to most of the things, but I know I'm going to miss something. And if I do, you know, I'm sorry, but there's so much in this one story to hit, to get to. But this is uh, another really good one. So it's the getting right before the wedding. They are headed down to Borback to go get married, of course. And they're driving down. And they stop and pull off for food, as as one is wont to do, when a car bomb goes off full of silver, and it start it kills Asha. She's dying because she was the one closest to it, which is really unfortunate because we all love Asha. She's pretty funny, just hilarious. So, of course, what does Fred do in this situation? One of his only friends from his previous life. And one of his new friends in this life, nope, he does try He does try and turn her, and he is successful. So, two successful turns in a row, that's something unprecedented, and we just know that the blood court is not going to approve of that. So, well, they'll approve. They'll approve so much that they make him their, their blood turner. So, he's going to have to turn a lot of new vampires if it's a 100% or, or even, you know, a 50%er and he got lucky twice. That's amazing odds so of course they're rushing to town and right before i forget who sent that bomb of course quinn his vampire father ah i'm tired of him i want him to die but he's just too sneaky and too good at running away which 
You don't get to say very often, but he is. So they are fleeing, running to driving to Borback as fast as possible in order to save Asha. And the sheriff, Sheriff Thorgood, actually offers to give Asha the three drops of blood that, that uh, Fred refused earlier. And so they do. They give her the blood and she incorporates the silver into her body. So she gets like claws that come out silver and she is of course immune to silver as well now she does not get to stay with fred she is taken by the blood council and rightly so because two vampires that are immune to silver in the same clan right away is a bad sign she needs to be trained and taught properly and oh it's so funny when she first gets turned and she's like man i'm never gonna get rid of the blood sucking lawyer jokes am i <laughs> nope not for a long long time <laughs> so Super funny, but the wedding, you know, is still on. Everybody's still kind of excited, uh, except the director of the agency shows up. And this is cool because we've never seen the director of the agency. And we learn that the director of the agency is the sister of Sheriff Thorgood. And we also learn a little bit about what Sheriff Thorgood and the director are. So there are creatures with a mix of magic and magic being water in his example and dirt and that's pair humans and then you have one side which has more dirt than more magic and then sheriff thorgood and the agency director are what happens when you have more magic than like physicality and like non-magic together so beings of immense power and the agency director forbids the marriage and says that she can't get married because of this new root thing that he can transform people into vampires a lot easier because they want to investigate this and of course everybody's here and everybody's very sad but you know crystal and fred they decide to go for it anyway in fact fred's the one that puts her up to it and says hey she said the wedding was off she never said we couldn't get married yeah, let's go by those technicality terms here that we all know and love so it's a race to get married they are flying they've told everybody in their small circle what their plan is and everybody's going with them and Sheriff Thorgood and his sister, the director, duke it out, start duking it out, and they just flee. Oh, so, so good. And then at the end, it's just down to Crystal and Fred, and they are sitting there at their spot where they were going to get married. And they're like, well, I guess it's just us. Like, we're the only ones married, getting here, so guess we won't get married. And then who would show up but Gideon? And he flies down in his dragon form with uh, Sally riding him. And she's like, hey, where is everybody? I thought there was going to be a party. You know, kind of a little oblivious to what's actually going on, which was funny. But then Gideon's like, well, you know, I did say I'd be Richard's second to marry you. So I'm here. Let's get married. And he marries them. And everybody has to deal with it now because magic makes it permanent, basically. So quite a fun story. A good ending. I am really looking forward to the next book, which hopefully will come out sometime soon. I've seen on his website, Drew Hayes' website, that he is writing it, and it's ongoing, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that when it gets here. But that's going to wrap up my discussion of Undeading Bells today. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. If you have any questions or comments, send them to libromancypod at gmail.com. If you don't mind leaving a like or a subscribe wherever you're listening and sharing the word, I'd really appreciate it. And always remember to merge with the magic of books. Mm -hmm.